0: Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Antioch Austin, how are we doing today? Man, there's nobody that likes to talk more smack than J.D. Griffin. Uh, you know, but, but in all honesty, he's, he's an incredible pastor. There's there's a lot of pastors that that maybe a little more dressy, like to wear dress shirts, but he's really the only one that I know that can pull off wearing a shirt that looks like a dress. (laughs) I love J.D. Griffin. He married up, too, you know what I'm saying? Liz Griffin, she's the real reason why y'all come to this church. (laughs) She is amazing. Man, I'm so excited to be here with you guys, and and truly, there is... Uh, If you didn't know this already, if you want to love J.D. Griffin, make fun of him, and he will feel loved in the process. Uh, That is absolutely how our friendship has grown, and, man, this is actually my first time getting to to be at one of our church plants on a Sunday to share, and I'm like, are you sure this church isn't even a year old? Like, I'm looking around going, where did all you people come from? Like, is J.D. paying y'all to be here today? But for real, like, I think if there's one word that I could use to describe the room as I've been in here today, it's that there's hunger. There's honest and earnest hunger for Jesus. And the good news is the scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be satisfied. Uh, so I'm excited to share with you here today, uh, like J.D. said, my name is Luke White. I serve in Antioch, Waco uh, as the young adult pastor, so post college in between college and having babies that's kind of our crew and uh, I'm married to my wife Rachel White we've been married for almost five years we've got two little kiddos James and Haven I think we may or may not have a photo of them yeah yeah so talk about marrying up man I married up uh, our little kiddos Haven's about to be three and James is a year and a half. And they were actually on their way here this morning, believe it or not. We got to Temple, and my little girl started puking in the back of the car. And so we decided at that time it was a good time to turn around because, fortunately, my, uh, my folks, my parents are in from Denver, Colorado right here. Uh, and they were coming in behind us. So they were able to do a quick swap. We were able to get the kids back home and able to make it here on time because I really, really was excited to come and share with you here this morning. So uh, that's a little bit about me. Like J.D. said, I almost died on a mountain. Uh, I love the mountains, though, still. Uh, grew up living in Denver, Colorado, and I hear Denver and Austin are kind of similar, and I've gotten to experience that as well. So uh, we are going to be jumping in, though, today to the book of Philippians. Anybody a big fan of the book of Philippians? See, the, the, the book of Philippians is actually oftentimes called the letter of encouragement. Anybody need to be encouraged this morning? My goodness, we all know J.D. needs to be encouraged every day when he wakes up, looks at that giant caterpillar on his face. <laughs> he's like, I just need to be encouraged today. And so we're going to read Philippians for J.D. today. So you can go ahead and turn there. We're going to be starting in Philippians 2. And we're talking about humility, of all things. <laughs> humility. Isn't that ironic that we're talking about humility today? Oh, Lord knows I need it. Lord knows it. If uh, JD could preach about it, he'd be preaching about it here today. (laughs) You know, the only people that are excited in the room, really, are the spouses that talk their husband or wife into being here today, and they're like, this message is for you. Or those roommates that are like, praise Jesus, my roommate showed up today, they're going to get a great message. But at least none of you, no matter what you feel about humility, have to be the ones preaching on it today, right? You know, they say preach from your weakness, and I think this is a safe bet that that's going to happen here today. Like there's a lot of things that I could preach on, and, and with with a little bit of authority. But when it comes to humility, I'm like, please don't ask my wife, please don't ask my kids, please don't really ask anybody that knows me, except for JD, because you can trust that you know we can limp along together, me and him. <laughs> but humility, like what what a what a funny thing. And I'm like, man, why would I want to preach on that? Like, why would I want to preach on? humility. Like Moses Chun can preach on humility. You know what I'm saying? Like most humble person on the planet. Is there anything that he's not good at? I'm like, how are you so good at leading worship and babysitting JD on a daily basis? Like how does this happen? I'm almost done with JD jokes, but man, when he gives me the mic, it's just too good. You know, I could go on and on about my my weaknesses, but the problem is is that some of y'all think that what I just did, that little, that little diatribe, that little monologue about what was me, I don't have anything to preach about, like that was actually intentionally done to show you exactly what humility is not. Because oftentimes we believe that in order to be humble, we have to put ourselves down. In order to be humble, we have to throw ourselves on the bus. We have to talk about all our weaknesses. We have to, we can't talk about our strengths. Like even if we're good at something, we have to pretend like we're not. You ever done that before? Like, professional athlete, uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not good at basketball. Like, bro, you paid $10 million a year to play basketball. You're good? at No, 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 I'm not, I'm not good at it. Why is that that that's our mind frame of humility? My friends, that's not humility. That is what we would call false humility. That's false humility. And oftentimes, I think, if we were to pick all the different ways that we kind of get this wrong in America, I'd say false humility is a place where I know I've gone wrong many a time. And I believe that many of us. Have gone wrong. The thing about false humility is it's, it's really just veiled pride. It's just pride in hiding, really. And so, to, you know, when we think about humility and when we think about pride, maybe you're like, like, where would you rank this? Top 10 sins not to do. Where's pride on the list? I would argue today that, that it's number one. Like that of the gospel, the public enemy number one is pride. And the reason why it's public enemy number one is because humility is the foundation of the gospel in the same way that pride is the foundation of our sin. All we need to do is look back to the moment that sin entered the earth, right? Adam and Eve chilling in the garden, right? Having a great time, full access to God, chilling out, and then what happens? The serpent comes along, and what does he say? He says, Eve, why don't you take that fruit? He's like, no, God said so, 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 such and such. And then and, and the serpent comes back and says, Did God really say, remember that phrase? Did God really say that if, da, 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 da. how many times in your life have you had that thought cursed through your mind? Did God really say that if I obey the word of God, that my life is going to be fruitful? Or is it just going to be inconvenient? Like, did, did God really say that I can have life to the full or that loving Jesus is just going to make other people look at me weird? This, did God really say, is foundational to when pride enters the world. And then we get to see it, right? So Eve kind of, in that moment, goes, I don't don't know. Did God really say? So she takes that fruit. She bites into it, pridefully seeking to be like God, right? And in that moment, sin enters the world. Pride is foundational to our sin. Therefore, humility enters is our access to freedom. And humility, I'm excited to share about today because it has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with Jesus. Because without humility, we would not have salvation. Without Christ's humility, without him taking on our humanity as his clothing, we would not have the salvation that sets us free from pride, that sets us free from from sin and death. And so today, my friends, we need a fresh dose of humility. Is anybody with me? Amen. Well, why don't we go there? We're going to jump in Philippians 2, and we're going to start in verse 1 and work our way uh, through verse 11. Philippians 2, 1 through 11. And now, as I'm going throughout the day today, what Scripture calls us to do is to clothe ourselves in humility. And so, we're going to look at what it looks like not to get dressed and look like JD, but what it looks like to get dressed and wear our humility. So, we're going to jump in. I'm going to read this all the way through because we need to be washed in the Word of God this morning. And it says this Therefore, everybody say, therefore, Therefore. if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing, everybody say do nothing, nothing. out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, say "In in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Anytime there's a therefore, there's about to be something awesome coming. It says, therefore, God exalted him, being Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. In other words, Jesus is not one of the avenues towards heaven. He is saying Jesus is the solution. He is the avenue towards heaven. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess on earth and under the earth, pretty all-consuming, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Can I get an amen? Is that a good word right there? So we are going to get to unpack this incredible passage, uh, which has transformed my life. And I hope that today, if you've never seen this passage before, if you've never really studied the word of God, the good news is, is it's not complicated. It's not. It's complex, but God is not complicated. He wants to meet with us today. No matter where you're at in your life, no matter if you're like, I'm the most prideful person, you're in the right place. And if you're like, I'm the most humble person, you really need to listen to this message (laughs) that I'm going to be sharing on today. And so I'm going to be going through five different attributes of what humility looks like. Now I know some of you, anybody a note taker in church who's like, please give me a note. We're going to have at least five notes for you to record today. So here we go. So uh, the first attribute of humility we find in, uh, in that first little portion, right? It says, rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So attribute number one is that humility values others above self. Humility values others above self, right? Greater love has no one than this, for one to lay down one lot, one's life for one's friends. So what does this look like? Oftentimes when we're getting dressed and we're putting on our humility, we have this tendency to believe that in order to lift other people up, we have to, we have to put ourselves down. Do we not? We believe that in order for us to put other people up, we have to say, you are better than me. This is that mantra of false humility that I was talking about. And the belief, I guess the way that I would describe this is is it's like if you've been swimming in a lake where you can't touch the bottom and somebody's next to you and you're trying to lift them up, what happens when you try to lift them up? You go down, right? You try to lift them up in that water and you go shooting down and they go up like an inch. This is this belief being worked out. It's the belief that in order for me to lift somebody up, I have to go down. And that's true so long as you're not standing on the foundation that is firm in Jesus and the identity that he has for you. Because when we're insecure, remember that moment after Eve sinned, what was the first thing that they did? They covered themselves. Because the result of pride is insecurity. The result of pride is really just veiled insecurity. And so it's the belief that in order to put other people up, I just have to focus on how unimportant I am. And this, my friends, is is false humility. What we really should be wearing on our shirts is a message that says, you are awesome. You are awesome. Now I realize some of you in the room are like, here goes this generation again using awesome to describe everything from a lampshade to God himself. But let me just defend my case for just a second. If we are made in the image of God, if God really did make us, shape us, create us to be a reflection as in a mirror of himself and if God really is the omnipotent omnipresent all-powerful almighty God and we can look at God and say you are awesome then surely we can look at one another and say the same now don't get me wrong sometimes wives you're gonna have to come home and be like your husband didn't do the laundry again he didn't pick up his clothes and you have to look at him and you have to be like you are awesome I'm going to choose to believe it even though I can't see it through the veil of laundry that's still not done. Or the roommate who gets home and they're like, for the 15th time you didn't do your dishes, for the love of God, you are awesome. You are awesome. But that is what humility is. It's to say that when we stand on the firm foundation of our identity in Jesus and when we can say, I know that I'm made in the image of God, then we can lift others up and say that you are awesome. Do you believe that this morning? I mean, really. Like, do you believe that when you look in the mirror, that you can start your day off going, you're awesome. That's what JD does every day. <laughs> you are awesome. And then you can go to your workplaces and, and look at your boss, even though they drive you crazy, and you can say, no, you are awesome. You are awesome because you're made in the image of God. This is the ingredient of humility that I believe Paul is talking to us about here in Philippians. Humility absolutely values others above self. Verse five, we're going to continue. In your relationships with one another. Now, why does Paul always have to get back to your relationships? It's like when when we're talking about humility, Paul, can't you just be like in the secret place, in your closet at home, but instead he's like in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, the NLT translates that as attitude as Christ Jesus. And I'm like, now come on, in your, I mean, I could, you ever done this in the morning where you wake up, you spend time with Jesus and you're like, I have the attitude of Jesus. And then you take about 10 steps and somebody annoys you and then you're like, I have the attitude of me. (laughs) Why does it only last a couple seconds? I believe that's why Paul is like, in your relationships with one another, have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And, And number two attribute of humility is that it's a Jesus attitude, it's a Jesus attitude that influences your actions. It's a Jesus attitude, or hatitude if you prefer, that influences your actions. It's an attitude. Now, the thing about an attitude is when you're getting dressed in the morning, you put on your attitude, you go throughout your day, oftentimes you forget what's on your attitude. And so that's why Paul's going in your relationships with one another. What's your attitude? (laughs) Like if you're confused about the attitude of your day, phone a friend, phone your wife, phone maybe not your mom because she'll kind of always tell you that you're good. But our attitudes, Paul is saying, should be the same as Christ Jesus. Yet for some reason, it is so easy to have an attitude about me, isn't it? Now, let me just ask you a question. Are you a talker or are you a listener in general? Are you a talker or are you a listener? When you go to coffee and you sit down with somebody, when you go grab a burger, are you the one kind of trucking along about your life and then you get to the end and you're like, hey, what's your kid's name again? How are they doing? Oh, we gotta go. Sorry, you're a talker. Now, maybe you're on the flip side. You're like, I am the best listener. And I believe there's a lot of you listeners out there. You sit there patiently. But my question for you is, what's going on inside of your head? Now your external might be clear, right? You might be listening, you might even be doing an active listening head nod, even though you're thinking about work and some other things that you got to do, and or that this person would just please stop talking. What is your attitude? Because our attitude is what happens inside of us that then eventually influences our actions. That's our attitude. And so very few of us get off the hook, whether we're a talker or a listener, whether we need to listen more to other people or whether we need to listen with the attitude of Jesus. And so that's why Paul says, in your relationships with one another. If you're sitting here today, you're like, I just don't know if I'm humble or not. This is your opportunity to to ask a roommate and say, hey, where do you see humility working out in my life? Where do you see pride working out in my life? And how can I walk? it out to follow you a little bit more. Humility is a Jesus attitude that influences your actions. Number three, humility is self-confident in God's voice. We're gonna see this in verse six. It says, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Now let's think about this for a second. Jesus was and is God. And yet he chose to take off his deity and put on his manhood and enter this earth to walk around simply so that he could demonstrate for us what it means to have this proximitous relationship with him, this close, intimate relationship with him. And Jesus was confident, was he not? He was not insecure. He did not carry any ounce of self uh, or, or rather false humility. He was perfectly confident. And the reason why he was confident is because he did only as what he saw the father doing. He listened to his father's voice. And he obeyed. And so, how does that apply for us? If we're like, man, how do I go throughout my day? And how do I remain self confident that I'm made in the image of God? It comes from abiding in the Holy Spirit in the same way that Jesus abided in the voice of his Father. We got to put on our headphones of the Holy Spirit. And I know when I put on my headphones, I look a little ridiculous on stage. I'm aware of that. But sometimes when you're listening to the voice of God, you would look ridiculous to the world. And as I'm going throughout my day and, and as my boss is bothering me or as my girlfriend's bothering me or as my spouse is bothering me, I can tap back into the voice of the Holy Spirit and say, no, no, you're made in the image of God. I'm made in the image of God. I can encourage you and say, you're awesome and, and, and lift you up and not put myself down because I'm listening to the voice of God. Now, here's, here's the problem is that some of us are wearing our headphones around our neck. Some of us aren't abiding in the Holy Spirit. We're just kind of Walking around life and then being like, you still there? Okay, cool. I'm going to keep listening to the world. You want to tell me how good I am? Awesome. You want to tell me how bad I am? Holy Spirit, come on. You're listening to the praises of the world instead of the praises of your Father. Or maybe instead of wearing headphones, you've got this boom box of your value. And this one is a little bit different. It's, it's like you know you're valuable. And so you have to put this boom box on your shoulder that says, I'm valuable. This might be posted on Facebook of how valuable I am, how worth it I am, how, how amazing I am, all these things that I've done. You tell stories about the things you've done. You ask people questions, hoping that they ask you questions about your life so that you can tell a story about your life that makes you look good, right? That is a boombox mentality that shows that that boom box is externally projecting. It's not internally affecting your life. And we need the voice of the Holy Spirit to impact our daily life. And so that's why we're called to abide in the Holy Spirit, to wear our headphones, these noise-canceling headphones on a daily basis to listen to the voice of Jesus so that we know our identity and that we can rest secure. Humility is self-confident in God's voice. Let's continue. Verse 7, Rather, he made himself nothing, By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Okay, so number four, humility is servant-hearted and meek. Humility is servant-hearted and meek. When Jesus came to the earth, he said, I did not come to be served, but to what? But to serve. When Jesus came to this earth, when he clothed himself in, in our humanity, he entered in with a servant's heart. So my question is, are you quick to be served or are you quick to serve others? Now, now, here's where I go wrong personally, because I know that y'all have a lot of this figured out. So really, I just, I'm just i preaching to myself and JD up here. And so really, the, the deal is, is that the way that I've gone wrong with this in the past is when I'm serving my wife, when I'm going and I make her breakfast in the morning, I'm doing it with the expectation of something in return. That is not serving. That is trading. That is trading. Did Jesus come, walk on this earth, walk it out? Serve us. Take off the sandals of his uh, of his disciples. Wash their feet, hoping that they would do the same, or did he do it freely? The key to serving is freely. It's it's servant hearted and meek. Now this thing about meekness. Jesus was meek, but some of you probably, especially guys, maybe uh, when you hear meekness, you think of weakness. When you hear meekness, you're thinking that's just weakness. Like anybody that's a meek dude, you're like, oh, you're you're a little on the weak side, but but I want to I submit to you guys today that what meekness is, is its power or strength under the control of another. Think of a horse. Anybody ever been horseback riding? This is Texas. Please tell me that people have been horseback riding. Awesome. So when you ride a horse, it has a bit bridle and reins, right? And what happens is that you, all however many pounds of you, is on something 10 times your size, you're, you're on something 10 times your size, and you have the control because it's power under the control of another. Now, what would happen if you did not have a bit bridle and reins? Has anybody ridden a bucking bronco before? Okay, way to go, bro. A bucking bronco is because without without being under the control of another, meekness is really just recklessness. Wow. Meekness without control of another is recklessness. This was 100% my life. Growing up, I had a great home, great parents, and yet I chose to take my power under my own control. I chose to do my own thing, drinking, partying, smoking weed, hooking up, doing whatever, because I was recklessly living my life with a attitude of me. And what this is saying is that humility is the power under the control of another and that other person is being submitted to Jesus in the same way that Jesus was submitted to his father. Are you tracking with me? This, my friends, is what it means to be meek and servant-hearted. I heard this story recently of a man named Booker T. Washington, who is a legend in American history. If you do not know him, read about him. He's incredible. He was, a, a, a born, he was born into slavery in the mid-1800s, and he was emancipated. In other words, he was set free from slavery, and he went on to found what was called the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. This was the, one of the most crucial institutions for helping those that were exiting slavery gain the life skills, the tradesmanships to be able to leave their slavery behind and be able to walk in the fullness of who they were made to be as free men and women. One day, Booker, right after he had taken over the Tuskegee Institute, walking down the street, and, and, and he kind of crosses his paths with a well-known white rich woman. And the rich lady looks at him and says, excuse me, sir, not knowing who he was, would you mind coming over to my house this afternoon? I have some wood for you to chop. Now in that moment, Booker could have exercised his own power for his own purpose. He could have been like, ma'am, do you know that I'm running this institute down the street? Do you not know that I'm no longer a slave? I'm set free. Do you not know who I am? But instead his response, he says, I'd be happy to. He goes over to his Her house stacks up the wood, starts chopping, and while he's chopping there, one of the servant girls looks outside, sees him chopping wood, recognizes him, and after he finishes the chore, goes back to his office at the institute, she goes and tells her mistress what happened. And of course, this lady had heard about Professor Washington. she knew, known about his power. She just didn't recognize him. She runs over to his house or over to his office comes in and she's like, I'm so sorry, please forgive me, I had no idea it was you, please forgive my my stupidity in this moment, and Booker, Professor Washington rather, looks at her and I'll never forget this, this phrase, this simple phrase, he says, occasionally I enjoy a little manual labor, besides it's always a delight to do something for a friend. Wow, what a beautiful picture of a man who is secure in his identity in Jesus, secure in his societal status and was humble enough to to exercise loving somebody else even when it wasn't being returned. Humility is servant-hearted and meek. Verse eight, we're gonna jump back in. And being found in appearance as man, we're gonna find attribute number five. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. I forgot. When it comes to serving, we need to put on our flippy floppies. Because that's the best way that you can think about serving one another. You just need to put on your sandals of service when you start your days off. There we go. Let me continue. (laughs) This last but not least, this is the most crucial part of it all. Okay, You'll notice that we've had a hat, we've had a shirt, we've had shoes, but we're missing our pantalones. We're missing the pants, which nobody, like you can get away with leaving with some of that, but not without your pants. Unless you're wearing a shirt that's a dress, then you're okay like JD. So so what we need here is obedience. We need to put on the shorts of obedience. We need to put these on every day to remember that when it comes to obedience, it's not that complicated. Just like Nike says, we need to just do it. Every time you put on your Nike shorts, every time you put on your Jordans, that should be your reminder that when Jesus calls us to to, to obey something. We just do it. If it's complicated, it's on you. <laughs> we complicate things, do we not? It's like, God, did you really say to go walk up to that person and encourage them? I thought you said to sit right here. <laughs> Jesus, did, did you really, I mean, do I really need to serve my wife today because I think I served her yesterday. Surely you love me enough for her to serve me today. No, no, no. When Jesus calls us to do something, We put on our Nikes and we look at that slogan and we remember when Jesus calls us to obey, we, everybody together, just do it. Amen, amen. So let me just recap in case you missed your note-taking. We have these five. Humility values others above self. Humility is a Jesus attitude that influences your actions. Humility is self-confident in God's voice and humility is meek and servant-hearted. And lastly, humility grows in obedience. Now, I could just stop here. Right? I could just stop here and you would go on, continue striving to become more humble. Because we as humans, we have power, right? We have the power to make life and to take life. We have the power to speak life and speak death. We have the power to build and destroy, but none of us have the power to defeat death. No, that was a power that was re- reserved for one person, the only person who has ever defeated and conquered death once and for all. And so this last passage that we're gonna read It's where Paul comes in with a therefore that's the crescendo moment. You ready for this? He says this. He says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. We need the power of Jesus. And if you missed everything else, Would you leave here with this simple definition of humility? That humility is power reserved for its purpose. Humility is power reserved for its purpose. Let's look at Jesus. He came to this earth and had power. As an infant, you better believe he could have busted out of those diapers. As a toddler, when other little kids are trying to figure out how to walk, he'd be walking on water. When he was an adolescent, you better believe he'd been the coolest kid in school. In high school, he would have been the best athlete around, but instead he reserved his power for a different purpose. Getting into college, he would have aced every class in the hardest class, graduated magna summa, laude, cum laude, and everything else. And he would have made everybody else look way, way dumber, but he reserved his power. As a young adult, he would have had the best job making six figures right out the slot so that by the time he was 32, he would have made Mark Zuckerberg look like a chump, but instead he reserved his power. You think about this when he was beaten. When he was spit on, when he was mocked, when he was hung on the cross, when he was when he was ridiculed, when the disciples deserted him, defeated, broken, and hurting, he could have released himself off that cross. But instead, he reserved his power for the ultimate purpose, and that purpose is for you. That purpose is not for him. That purpose is that you would know Christ and the power of the resurrection that you would know Jesus, that he made you in his image, shaped you together with his father so that you could have relationship with him. He waited until the last moment when he's hung on the cross, when he cries out, it is finished, when he dies, when Satan laughs, thinking that he had won, in that moment when he descended into darkness, in that moment at utter defeat, did he release his power. And he released it for you and he released it for me. When he came bursting out of the grave, when he came breaking every chain, when he stood up as the king of kings, as the Lord of lords, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, looking out and saying, it is finished. Like the pride that you're struggling with in your life can be finished because the power that is in Jesus, the humility that you so long for can be found as we fix our eyes on Jesus. Because ultimately his humility His wearing of our humanity became our salvation so that our salvation can reflect his humility. The purpose of all these different things, of getting dressed and wearing a a Jesus hat, if you want a Jesus hat, wearing the Nike shorts that say, just do it. Whatever it is, the only reason why it matters is so that we can reflect the image of God to those around us so that they too might be saved, that they too might know Jesus to know him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet.